Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and welcome to the Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join us. I am always pleased when I can bring you newsmakers and a conversation, a thoughtful conversation, good questions, questions that you're asking in America. Well, we've got that all-star lineup this Sunday. So if you're drinking your coffee, making breakfast, reading the Sunday newspaper casually, making your shopping list, or heck, going through the sales ads, here is a lineup for you. You're going to learn a lot if you stay tuned for the next hour. Devin Nunes, former House Intelligence Committee Chairman and current president of the Trump Technology and Media Group, he's joining us. He's going to talk about the success of Truth Social, and I'm sure we're going to throw in a few questions about Russia collusion since he's the man that helped unravel it alongside of me and Sarah Carter, Dan Bongino, and so many others. Then we got Senator Mike Braun from the great state of Indiana. You know what he's going to talk about? He's the guy that discovered that Democrats, for the first time in a decade, stuck earmarks, special interest spending projects for their donors and their constituents in the $1.5 trillion spending bill that Congress passed. Mike Braun is going to give us some news on that. Then we're going to go talk about the state of the FBI post-Russia collusion embarrassment. Kevin Brock, my good friend former intelligence chief for the FBI, and one of the most respected people to ever come out of the FBI. Democrats, Republicans, independents, law enforcement, lawyers, they all know Kevin is one of the best. He's going to talk about the state of the FBI, the lack of trust in our daily institutions. That's going to be a great conversation. Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch, the man that exposes more through FOIA than anyone I know, even me. I like FOIA, but Tom Fitton, he's the guy, the bomb when it comes to transparency in America. He's here to talk about election integrity, what we know, what we don't know, what's fixed, what still remains to be fixed only eight months before the November 2022 midterm elections that will determine the control of Congress. That's going to be great. We're also going to have with us the Wisconsin Assemblywoman, the state representative, Janelle Branchen, 
who's in charge of election integrity. She's got to take that bombshell report that Justice Mike Gableman gave to the legislature and decide what the legislature can do to fix the election system. Janelle Branchin, you're going to want to hear from her, one of the rising bright voices of the Republican and conservative movement in Wisconsin and the woman who's got the flight stick for figuring out how we solve the problems that Michael Gableman identified. And then finally, we're going to talk to Nick Giordano. He is one of the great thinkers, an academic that understands cancel culture, censorship, the anti-free speech wave that is sweeping college campuses, high schools, grammar schools all across this country. He calls them like he sees them. You're going to love Nick Giordano. First time on this podcast. He is a fresh, bright, get-to-the-point voice. You're going to love him. What a great show, right? I love that. That's a great lineup. I'm going to be listening Sunday morning because I can't wait to remember what I did on these interviews. So, I know you're going to be tuning in with me for the next hour. We'll be right back after this commercial break to tune in with our great guest, starting first with Devin Nunes. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening, America, and welcome to Just the News, Not Noise, the show that skips the long-winded monologues and gets you right to the news. I'm John Solomon, coming to you from Washington, D.C., and joining me from sunny Los Angeles is my amazing co-host, Amanda Head. In just a few moments, we'll be joined by the man leading the Trump media empire and the truth social platform, former Congressman Devin Nunes, who also had a lot to do with unraveling the bogus Russia collusion narrative. 
That's right. Let's bring in the CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group, Devin Nunez. Devin, thank you for joining us. It's very strange being in California and not calling you congressman. What has the transition been like for you going from the world of politics here in California? And I have to tell you, I have a lot of friends in the Central Valley and they miss you dearly. But the transition from that into the tech world. Well, I'll tell you, uh, seeing other states like Florida, where I've been spending a lot of time, you know what a free state is like. And Amanda, you understand what's going on in California. It's just amazing how good the roads are, how safe the streets are. Everything's been open. There's not people running around with, with masks on. It's just a completely different world compared, compared to California. But I'll tell you, uh, look, this is uh, to, my, to my folks from California that I, when I left, I said that, look, this is the most important issue at the highest level. You have to have an open Internet. And what we've done at True Social just in the last three weeks since we've been letting people on the platform, it's just amazing. People are coming in in droves. Uh, they continue to sign up. We continue to let them on as quickly as, as we possibly can. We had to build all this from the ground up. And what President Trump and I both promised was that by the end of March, we hopefully would have everyone through that had signed up for the for the Apple app. Uh, and it's amazing because we keep bringing people on. And what you're seeing now is something that I knew would happen. And that is that that just as we keep going every single day, we already have people that have come over to Truth who from the other platforms actually have more interaction. So even though we're just a micro, just a micro level of size compared to these big tech tyrants, how is it possible that people that had 5,000, 10,000, 50,000 followers at the other tech tyrant platforms, how are they getting more interaction right now on Truth when we just started? We just began. And John and I know, you know, you know that you were, you know, you've been yeah. on for the last three weeks. Uh, it's amazing. We started adding users on, on February 10th. We really opened, throttled it open uh, here the last uh, couple weeks. And the, the interaction is just just amazing. And the stories that are people are telling are really inspiring because we're we're getting people who were either booted off of off the other platforms or they're noticing that they're getting a lot more interaction than what they currently have if they still are on. And I should say, John, and I know that I'm not the host of the show, but you actually got banned last week. I did. And I'm still I'm still in purgatory waiting for my seven are you day really? penalty. I still am for sharing a, okay. a, an accurate story. But you know what? I put that story on truth. I didn't get banned. I got a lot of great conversation about it. That's the difference when competition enters the market. As you look out, obviously the first job for you is to make a successful company that has a long lasting product. But you, you've been worried about this uh, cancel culture, this uh, censorship or era in American politics. It kind of came in with Joe Biden, maybe a little bit before that. What hope do you have long term that the Trump uh, media can move that marketplace? What do you think happens long term when people see the success of this? Well, look, it, it already is happening, right? I mean, that's just evidence by how many people are waiting to get in and then the excitement of people that are, that are already on. And, you know, look, I wish I could just snap our fingers and that we could just use some of these other big tech companies. But we know what happened to other companies that tried to use the big tech companies. They got their cords cut. They got eliminated from the Internet. So, you know, we can't do that. So we have to go about it in a methodical way. And what you're seeing is, is that not only do we have real users that are real people. We also don't have what you see on the other platforms, and that is bots running around everywhere that where you know somebody's controlling 50 bots, 100 bots, yeah. and they dirty up your timeline with garbage. You're not seeing that on our platform. We have a very, and I think that's one thing that people are noticing. They like the vibe on our platform. And, and one of the things that I'm trying to do 
uh, when I when I make my posts uh, as I'm engaging with our with our users is, you know, this is not just about politics. We don't want to just have people complaining about, you know, whatever political issue that you want to complain about, because we actually do have really good quality video and pictures. So people should see this as a place like what I was I was I was home over the weekend. Uh, I was barbecuing and Manny, you'll appreciate this. Some California tri-tip. So I took four <laughs> pictures showing the different areas of the tri-tip and I and I posted it on Truth. And people need to remember, we're a social media company. We're not a political company. Obviously, we're not right. censoring or political speech, but we want people to be on there and having fun. Like, John, I want to see you, you know, with next time you're out grilling, you know, out there in Virginia, I want to see what it is that you're that you're going to eat for dinner. OK, I, I would have done last night, but I burnt the fish. So you don't want to see that one. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, something I love seeing on Twitter is people so posting their truth social handles. It's like taking your new, much smarter, much sexier girlfriend or boyfriend and flaunting them in front of your ex. I just love seeing that on Twitter because so many people are bailing and going over to Truth Social. Um, but I know that there are still some people who are trying to get on Truth. For those folks, what's the wait time like? You, I mean, you guys have had an incredible learning curve as far as working out the kinks. So I want to commend you on that. For those people that are still trailing behind and trying to get on, is there a time frame for them? Well, first of all, I have to say, what what is Twitter? I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. Is that a social media <laughs> company? I'm not, not familiar with them. But, it's but in what, the Silicon what, Valley what, Cemetery. What you can see, though, Amanda, is, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, <laughs> of the people, I love what people are posting on other social media sites is they're actually taking, they're posting something simultaneously on both sites. And then what they're doing is that they're, they're, they're comparing it. So after an hour or two hours or five hours or a day, you can see the reach that you're getting, yeah. you know, just with the, you know, just with the small audience that we have so far on, on, on true social, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible. So, you know, look, what our commitment is, and, and, you know, I continue to say this, you know, I've said this from day one that I, that I, that I took this job, took this role, uh, is we are going to let people on as we are ready to let people on so that our technology is both quality and reliable. And that's, and that's the plan. So if I could put everybody on tomorrow, snap my fingers, we would do it. But I'm, you know, our team is working around the clock. They continue to work around the clock. We continue to let more and more people on every single hour and so all I can say is that, you know, you can go there, you can download the app at the Apple App Store. You can do that right now. Uh, you'll take a number and you'll basically be in line. One of the confusions, uh, confusing things, too, is that people think that the numbers are more like when you go to a fast food restaurant, you just get a number. It's not like a countdown. And I think that's something that, that people need to know. Uh, and what mm -hmm. we're doing is we're slowly getting to getting to you as we can go through and verify email, phone number, that sort of thing. So, you know, we have... We have gotten through a lot of folks. We have a long way to go. Uh, but look, we've given ourselves, I've been very clear with all of our users. You know, I like to treat them with high class customer service. And that is that we want to get everybody on in a safe manner. This thing's working by the end of March. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, I mean, I don't know how many more people. I mean, if we keep taking more people every single day, every single hour, you know, John Solomon, you're not going to want to go back to those old social media companies because you're going to be getting more you're going to be getting more access and more hits yeah. just from truth than you are from all the other all the other companies. I'm telling you.
I, I see it now. Listen, I, before my Twitter account was uh, taken offline, I was getting about the same action with 850,000 Twitter followers as I was on Truth. And I was really impressed by the engagement, the smart context. We only got about 30 seconds left, Devin. I just want to ask this. Your quick reaction to John Durham's filing over the weekend saying that maybe Russia, part of the Russia case would have never gone forward if Michael Sussman, the Clinton lawyer, had told the truth. <laughs> yeah, well, look, this is this was cooked up. It was a conspiracy from the beginning. Uh, thank God that John Durham is is not leaking. He's basically doing things by the book, filing with the court. I think as long as John Durham continues to do that, uh, the nation is going to be served uh, very well by John Durham because we are counting. The American people are counting on him to get this right so that we do not have we have to have yeah. trust in our intelligence agencies and the FBI. Yeah. And John Durham is going to be the guy to fulfill. Scrupulous uh, and methodical. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Devin Nunez, we appreciate you so much. Everybody go download True Social on the app platform. All right, folks, we take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews, more news, more exclusive insights. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to welcome our next guest, Senator Mike Braun from the great state of Indiana. Senator, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Uh, first off, I want to just ask you a little bit about what Kevin Brady just told us. Are you seeing signs that Democrats are frustrated by their own president and how he's handling this Russia crisis? Well, they all know that the projection of weakness uh, in the whole journey uh, since Biden has been there, not only shutting our industry, uh, energy industry down that uh, gave uh, Putin the ability to calculate that there'd be some dependence in general. We were not only becoming, uh, we're the biggest oil producer in the world. Uh, Saudi Arabia is about half our size and Russia even below that. We could have made this all a moot point. Uh, here, that timidity, that just, uh, you know, never wanting to do anything and be so careful about it is given the green light to Putin to probably do what he did. So thank goodness uh, and that's an interesting alliance, uh, Brady and Pelosi, uh, <laughs> that will do that. And that should be the least that we do. Uh, everything that we've got within our power, you got to remember, our economy is roughly 13, 14 times the size of Russia's. Uh, Russia's economy is about the size of Florida's. It's about under half the size of Germany's. You know, he acts like he's the biggest economy in the world. When it comes to trade and the purse, the pocketbook, we got to throw everything in the kitchen sink. Sad that you'd think you'd get that out of your president, not have to do it through Congress. I think the interesting thing will be once they pass it, we pass it over here, will he sign it? Yeah, great point. Yeah. Senator, with respect to the spending bill that Democrats tried to strong arm on the American people in the dark of the night last night, and as you mentioned before we came to air, without even crossing the desk of any appropriators like yourself, what are some of the fattiest pieces of pork in this bill, either ludicrous or concerning for the American people? Well, they call the swamp. Uh, that's a great name for it because this epitomizes it. And I want to preface it by I'm on the budget committee. I am an appropriator. You mentioned no appropriators had any idea what was in this. $1.5 trillion. And the only uh, even worse news is that we do roughly $3 trillion now that is mandatory spending between Medicare, Social Security, and the only thing that we've done in genius around here would be to put everything on automatic spending. So this is only roughly one-third of it. It drops in our lap, 2,700 pages, full of pork, and we brought back earmarks. We haven't had them since 2011. You think after all this money we've spent, all of which we borrowed, that you would not need earmarks to have the symbolism that this place is even worse than not doing budgets, not bringing in your appropriators to have some say in what's spent. Uh, record levels of spending on defense and domestic spending that we still should run through a budget, none of that work was done. That's why the place is gonna run close to a $1.5 trillion deficit Pile that onto our 30 trillion. We're already in debt. Look out, future generations. Yeah, we're we're spending our great 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 grandchildren's inheritance already. It's scary, uh, Senator. I want to turn a second to the economy. You ran a business. You know when the economy is two steps forward, when we're running in place, and when we're going in backwards. And uh, real wages, uh, that the measure of inflation versus wage growth, are going in reversal in a way we haven't seen in American history. How concerning is that to the everyday American? should be very concerning. And that whole inflation factor is enough to lose an election, even on the component of gas prices going above three bucks, not four. 
and headed still in the wrong direction. So uh, that is one that how we wrestle with it, I'm not sure, because you got to go back to the early 80s, and there was not near as much debt embedded in the economy. It was mostly, if you remember, the farm crisis. I remember my first home mortgage was 10%, and I was lucky in 78, and in the early 80s, that went up to just under 20. Now, the Fed is talking about little tiptoeing because they have been the printing press in the basement that's financed all this crazy spending. So they have fewer tools, which means it's going to be around even maybe longer. The only good news is that Pre-COVID, in the Trump economy, we had record low inflation. We had wages going up the old-fashioned way. Those were real wage gains. Now, inflation at 8, nominal wage increases at 5, we've gone backwards 3%. And you cannot create prosperity through government, not to mention that we've probably parked 3 to 4 million people outside the workforce because they're still living off the savings from the extended unemployment benefits and all that money we spent. Our federal government hasn't helped to create prosperity since, oh, January of 2020, but I digress. I want to switch over to mask mandates. You have been very vocal about the mask mandates. It's now extended for travel through April. The Party of Science continues to assert that masks are the way to go, even though CDC's even own studies have, have said that these cloth masks are absolutely ludicrous. What are your thoughts on that getting extended through April to slap on a mask on an airplane? Number one, it was our office that coined the term, not science, political science. Uh, That's what they go by. And this has never been more on display. We have been debriefed now with at least some honesty about the Johns Hopkins study that said shutdowns barely had any impact on mortality. Look at what it cost the economic patient. I mean, it's been terrible. When it comes to mask mandates, same thing. And now we're getting that science out there. And so much of that was from one end of the spectrum to the other. And then it would go in the middle. Who? Do, how do you know what is the truth? But the data will probably make a lot of people embarrassed about what should have been done. So I led the effort on the con- uh, Congressional Review Act to get rid of that crazy idea of saying, if you don't get a vaccine, you lose your job, uh, down to employers of 100. We still have the healthcare industry saddled with that. We still have federal workers. I'm hoping there's a vote on the floor this evening to defund all that as part of this monstrous spending bill going through. Mike Lee's leading that. I'm leading the effort on earmarks. Yeah, that's an important thing. Um, Senator, I want to ask, for the first time in my professional career as a journalist, the polls show a 50 percent or higher preference on congressional preference for Republicans. That's a historic mark. Uh, If Republicans are lucky enough to get control of both houses of both chambers of the uh, Congress, what is the plan to get this uh, out of uh, control spending under control and to bring inflation down? bring uh, the deficit down in some way. Do you guys have a plan that you can show the American people and get it done? First of all, uh, this has been an equal opportunity endeavor up until the Biden administration. I think our party has had the appropriate epiphany that enough is enough. Sadly, I call it the unholy alliance here. We roll over generally to give them everything they want on domestic spending to extract the same on defense. 
That's the abomination of what we've just got coming across the finish line tonight. If we get both houses back, we can put a tourniquet on the craziness. And then I think it's going to boil down to what are we going to be for as Republicans? Are we going to be the party of fiscal responsibility? Are we going to make the tough decisions so the Medicare trust fund doesn't get completely depleted in four years? Social Security in 10 years? My observation here, that takes political will. Uh, we know what needs to be done actuarially. We've known that for, you know, decade or more. Will we do it? And then my observation is, too, that independents who are up over there hugging us in the polls, generally they're right in between. They elect the swing state senators and the president. And we can't officially do anything until January of 25. But we better get it right. We better not be political wallflowers. We better not let them run circles around us as political enterprisers on view this last year, culminating this evening. We got a lot to work to do. And that means we got to be for something, which means small, effective government to address the key solution. We are up against a hard break. We appreciate you not just being a speed bump for Democrats, but advocating for things. When you guys take back the House and the Senate this November, we'll be right back after the break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to welcome our next guest. He is one of the great lawmen in American history and the former assistant director of intelligence for the FBI. Joining us right now, Kevin Brock. Kevin, great to have you on the show. Oh, John, it's great to be here. Although I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about being on a, a news program where the host has been kicked off Twitter. So. <laughs> I had my scarlet letter on the other day, the scarlet letter of shame. Yes, I wear it with some pride, actually. Um, uh, Kevin, I want to ask you, uh, there's been some pretty remarkable uh, revelations in these John Durham filings about what the Clinton campaign managed to do, how it managed to get bad information to the FBI and lie about it to sustain an investigation. You've written really cogently on this. Some of your columns have been some of the most read. Tell us a little bit about what concerns you, what went on here and what we, what the FBI should learn from what happened here. Yeah, thanks, John. It, it, uh, John Durham, I think, did a, a service to us all by giving us a little bit of a peek into what he's been doing because he's been at it for a little while. People were starting to make noise that, you know, nothing's coming out of it or anything uh, like that. So he chose a fairly innocuous court filing about a conflict of interest issue, but which nobody really cares about, to embed a message uh, about what he's uncovered so far. And it was startling. 
uh, indicating that he's looking closely at a possible conspiracy involving the Hillary Clinton campaign. Her law firm, uh, a tech media a person that uh, had associations with the, with the uh, campaign, to bring information to the FBI under false pretenses, try to get the FBI to invest resources and uh, investigate the Trump campaign under false pretenses. Uh, the attorney, Michael Sussman, didn't divulge to the FBI that uh, he was uh, working on behalf of the campaign and therefore he is now indicted for lying to the FBI. Uh, his attorneys have argued that it's not material because he was bringing information that was material, but you can't go to the FBI and try to trick them into conducting an investigation and, and devoting a whole bunch of resources to an effort that, without letting the FBI know all the facts behind that. So the implications are, are important. Uh, we, we possibly have a, a conspiracy to defraud. I anticipate uh, John Durham will issue more subpoenas and indictments. Uh, he's working, as I mentioned he, in my article, he's climbing a ladder that he's perched against a, a wall rung by rung. He's locking down testimony. He's getting cooperation from, from uh, individuals and he's building a case. Kevin, the other thing, with respect to Russiagate. Oh, go ahead. Man, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and the other important message that came out of this is that John Durham was able to telegraph to the Department of Justice that he does have a case and he made it very difficult for the Department of Justice to make a political decision and, and end his uh, special prosecutor, special counsel status. Yeah, I know a lot of people are going to be waiting to see what comes out next. But with respect to Russiagate, uh, when you consider the role of FISA warrants in this, a lot of people are concerned about governmental surveillance, whether it's the intelligence community, specifically the FBI, FISA courts, whatever the case may be. But especially when you look at the emergence of things like red flag laws and you see how a FISA warrant was approved on an on an American citizen and then these red flag laws, I think that there are a lot of Americans who, who just have a very broad distrust and concern for their own privacy because of because of instances like this. You're exactly right, and they should have. Uh, this is, I think, the greatest exposure that the FBI faces. Uh, Durham's kind of going along three different paths. Number one was an investigation into, into the Trump campaign justified. I maintain it wasn't, I've written about that. Uh, they didn't have legal basis to open up the investigation in the first place. Secondly, did they defraud the FISA court by providing information that they knew was um, you know, unreliable at best and uh, it falls certainly. So uh, the FBI is exposed in that regard. The third is just what we just talked about, the possible conspiracy. But defrauding the FISA court is a, a, a very serious, serious issue. The FISA court is a treasure of our judiciary, uh, judicial system because it allows us to track people who really wanna do us harm. If we abuse it, if we mis misuse it, we risk the, the uh, losing that, that capability and that would be devastating to our national security. So. The FBI, I think, uh, has to be looking at this very closely, looking at the lessons learned and hopefully being as transparent as possible uh, with Durham as he as he uh, investigates that whole aspect of it. Kevin, a lot of people probably don't know this, but you helped refine and, and write the roles that really were governing the FISA that, that were blown past by some of the, the people in this investigation. Do you think there's evidence from what you've seen, knowing how the FBI works, that people inside the FBI, behind Clevin Kleinsmith, who's already pled guilty to a crime, that they may have also known that know, knew that what they were giving to the court was suspect. They were hiding things from the court to keep the illusion of collusion going on. What do you see when you see the whole body of evidence now? I think the indicators are that there was a t 
tightly held group of individuals who did something like that, who tried to outrun the facts and make up their own set of facts and um, and put it before the court at all costs. Andrew McCabe himself, one of those in that tight circle, admitted that they relied heavily on the Steele dossier for that affidavit. And then we find out later that they knew that uh, the source reporting on it was unreliable. The FBI has very stringent uh, vetting procedures on sources. These seem to either be ignored or not done. And in this case, and so uh, the inf- you know information was brought to the court that, uh, that is initiated electronic surveillance of, of Carter Page where there was not sufficient probable cause to do so. Kevin, I want to shift gears just a little bit. You know, whether we're, we're talking about this conflict with Ukraine and Russia or, or any conflicts going forward, is cyber warfare where we are going to see war ramping up as opposed to hand-to-hand combat kinetic warfare? We're learning a lot from this conflict, and this is the first major conflict that I think we can point to where we have sophisticated actors who have cyber offensive capabilities deploying them. Uh, we know that Russia uh, is host to a number of the world's hackers. Uh, just be, in the run-up to this invasion, a lot of them went silent. Those who are conducting ransomware operations against this country uh, really went quiet for a couple of weeks. They're starting to pick back up, but that was an indicator to me that uh, Russia was marshalling all of its cyber offensive talent to gear up for this type of warfare. Uh, We'll see to what extent and how successful they are at deploying those tactics, but it is a new paradigm, a new dynamic that we have to be uh, paying attention to in this country. And uh, and I know that we are, and and I think this government will learn a lot of lessons and realize that we've still got work to do uh, on our defensive side. Yeah, no doubt. we got about a minute left, Kevin. Uh, the FBI is often the lead agency when it comes to Russian espionage. Uh, what would be the FBI is doing right now as they see this war play out? What are some of the things that the FBI has to focus on to make sure they keep us safe here in America? Well, the FBI is fundamentally what we call a human intelligence agency. So they're always geared in this country to, A, keep track of the spies that other countries send here to spy on us, and then identify those individuals and try to make them our spies. So... Uh, Without going into a lot of sources and methods, it is always the goal of the FBI to target known intelligence officers, uh, and in this case, uh, Russia or whomever, uh, you know, Russia has a large presence in this country, and, uh, and to test to see who we can turn to and, and into our sources. Yeah, an amazing moment in our history and a lot of history to lay ahead of us. Kevin, always grateful for your insights. There's a lot to be following on Durham, Russia. Uh, Always glad to have you on giving us some expert advice. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more exclusive interviews right here on John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Let's talk a little bit more about election integrity, shall we? As you can imagine, I certainly have been no church mouse when it comes to my opinions on the 2020 election. I have been very vocal on social media and here on Real America's Voice. And, you know, John and I may differ on this, but regardless of the method via either machines, election laws changed illegally or good old fashioned Democrat fraud, there is no doubt in my mind that the rightful winner of the 2020 election is not in the White House. I think it's pathetic that our republic has this issue with integrity, especially due to the fact that we are supposed to be the example for much of the world. And I think that we could talk about this all day by ourselves. So here to weigh in first is none other than Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be with you both. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay, so Barack Obama, I didn't agree with him on hardly anything, but he was a one man movement. But supposedly Joe Biden got, what, 12 million more votes than Barack Obama. I'm going to put you on the spot right out the bat. Election stolen or not? Oh, I think President Trump was the lawful winner of the election. Uh, You know, obviously it was adjudicated ultimately by Congress. And so President Biden is now the president. You know, what's surprising about the revelations that I'm sure uh, Just the News will go through is that I've always had concerns of the structural structural flaws of the elections, where votes that should have been counted, I mean, votes that were counted uh, shouldn't have been counted in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania or counted in a way uh, that um, uh, uh, suggested that the result was not accurate. But as we're seeing in Wisconsin, it goes way beyond that. And some of these core fraud issues that President Trump has not shied away from highlighting are turning out to have more merit than the big media would have you believe. Yeah, that really is true. I mean, we, we now have assembled enough really concrete proof that it's impossible to call the 2020 election perfect or solid or reliable. Lots of serious issues. How do you overcome that? You've been a master communicator. You go out and you find wrongdoing at Judicial Watch and you eventually get the public to understand it. You've broken some of the biggest scandals in the last 25 years. What needs to be done to get the American people to understand all the flaws that are now there that the mainstream media try to keep calling the big lie? Well, the question is, are you going to give voice to the concerns of the American people or are you going to engage in fear-based opinion making and pontificating where you're afraid to take on the media narrative about the way our elections are run. I mean, Judicial Watch has uncovered millions of extra names on the rolls over the years in a way that, uh, in my view, uh, ought to limit the broad application of mail-in balloting. You just, the, the rolls are filthy. We shouldn't be mailing ballots to the rolls. I mean, it's that sort of simple, basic understanding that I think most Americans, both Democrat and Republican, agree on. Most Americans, Democrat and Republican, don't think our elections are run as securely as they could be and should be. And they recognize that uh, this number game that we've had with the 2020 election, where the popular vote margin uh, becomes the standard by which we measure whether someone's successful, as opposed to the electoral count margin and how close that was in the various states is the accurate and correct analysis. It's like talking about a baseball game 
and saying, well, you know, Biden won in the end because he got more strikeouts. No, no, no. That's not the way we count wins. And it was a close, close election. And fraud, in my view, was a material factor. And certainly the rules were changed in a way that, in my view, make uh, Biden's um, uh, presidency suspect in the minds of many Americans. I think that's one of the reasons we're in a crisis we're in is because many people think he doesn't have a moral claim on the presidency. And it's a good faith basis for believing that. Tom, you at the helm of Judicial Watch have tried to make inroads with state voter rolls. As we all know, state voter rolls are a blanking disaster. Insert your favorite expletive. Dead voters, people who have long since moved out of state, duplicate uh, voters on the rolls. You've even, even here in California, you've tried to make inroads. How much progress have you made in some of the major swing states as far as purging those voter rolls? Well, significant progress in California, for instance, they hadn't removed names from the rolls in 20 years till we sued. L.A. County is in the process of removing up to 1.6 million names as a result of a, um, a settlement with us. North Carolina, we sued. Uh, after we sued, they dropped 430,000 plus names from the rolls. We've got active lawsuits, Pennsylvania and Colorado. And we just recently uncovered numbers in, in New York and in still in major counties in California and in Oregon. Illinois, uh, that they aren't removing names at all, practically speaking, from the rolls where they're removing a handful of names, meaning like 33 in total, when hundreds of thousands of names need to be removed. And so, you know, the dirty election rolls can mean dirty elections. And what's interesting is the left hates the idea of cleaning up the rolls and the American people love it. There's 80 percent approval of voter ID, 85 percent approval of cleaning up the rolls. So we're actually enforcing the law in a way that every most every normal American once enforced and something the Justice Department refuses refuses to do. Yeah, such a great point. I want to talk about three revelations in the last month. Twelve thousand foreigners found on the Texas voter rolls. Two thousand found on Georgia just last week. Uh, and today, the acknowledgement that 10,000 ballots were sitting uncounted in, Har uh, in Harris County, Houston, the largest city in Texas. They just missed them. How do you miss 10,000 ballots? Are these all signs of a system that is sick at the administrative level, at the level where vote counting actually occurs? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a competency issue and there's a corruption issue. And sometimes there's an unholy, unholy mix of the two. And one of the uh, radioactive or, you know, one of the third rail discussions we have in this country is about alien voting in our election. And I mean both people who are lawfully present here, but who aren't citizens and are ineligible to vote in federal elections or virtually every local election. And of course, illegal aliens who are here and also could possibly vote. And when you're having tens of millions of adults who are foreign nationals present in the United States and to pretend that they're not registering the vote, either, you know, frankly, honestly, they don't understand the law or dishonestly, they don't care. And then voting and to think that's not a material number, please, you're whistling past the graveyard. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. OK, so I know that there are still so many election problems that took place in 2020 and obviously before that as well. But leading up to November, the midterms, are there still things that can be done? We haven't run out the clock on all of them. What are some of those things we got about a minute left that we can still accomplish to help increase the integrity for the midterms in November? Clean the rolls, implement voter ID everywhere and anywhere you can. Uh, and to the degree you can restrict the use of mail-in balloting, ballot harvesting, uh, having third parties uh, place ballots 
or anyone place ballots in places where they shouldn't be, meaning anywhere other than a polling place, get rid of those ballot boxes and collection boxes. Look, most Americans understand what we need to do. We should have elections where you vote in person with a voter ID after certifying your citizenship. You know, I know that our 50 states are supposed to be laboratories of democracy, but at least here in California, it's a laboratory of Dante's seventh circle of hell, because I feel like it's where all bad election policies originated. Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch, we appreciate you coming on. And we're going to have to have you back many times before the midterms to keep us updated on all of this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, what a great interview. So fun to have Amanda and I have that discussion. We're going to be right back with more interviews just like that one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back, everybody. I'm really uh, proud to uh, introduce this next guest. I spent a lot of years in Wisconsin, got to meet a lot of amazing people. And uh, this next person, state representative, Janelle Branchett, oversees the committee in the Wisconsin Assembly that oversees elections. And she has a lot to talk about tonight. Representative Branchett, great to have you on. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, you just heard the amazing presentation from Justice Gableman last week. Lots of information. Every time I read the report, I find a new fact and go, my God, that's unbelievable. Your top line about what the chief, former Chief Justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court found in this investigation. You know, I think it's not a big surprise. The private money that came into this election under CTCL, it, it really is an unbelievable story. I don't think you could even come up with fiction the way that they embedded themselves into the clerk's office in these five Democrat areas, going so far as what you heard from Justice Gableman, is that they actually were running a large part of the counting room in the city of, believe it or not, Green Bay. Yeah, remarkable. I know that, yeah, and we're, and we're all raising heck over the, the Zuckerbuck money now, but when this was happening, when it was being planned and orchestrated, did we not know or did we just not think that it was going to to have that big of an impact? Why, why are we all so apoplectic about it now, but still allowed it to happen? You know, we actually had a complaint from an individual two months before uh, the election took place in Wisconsin. And our Wisconsin Election Commission just basically said not an issue. That is the kind of frustration we have. But now that we have a year of open records and the coordination, not only between CTCL, but other non supposed nonprofits that came to the state. It is, I mean, it is like a corporate plan to make sure that each group was doing specific things 
and they all had tasks. It was not just CTCL as nonprofit money, but actually almost 13 to 15. And like I said, they all had specific jobs with coordination. It was done, some had data that they were supposed to manage. Others had, um, as far as getting out the vote, and that's really what we have in Wisconsin is we now have this long list of emails that you saw from Justice Gableman. We have information going back and forth. And I mean, it is really amazing and also shocking of how much detail that Democrats had as insiders to the state of Wisconsin. It really is. We did a lot of that early FOIA work with people like Phil Klein, and it's just jaw-dropping. And we had Sandy Juno, the former Brown County elections clerk, to come on and just talk about what it was like to be the professional and be sidelined by partisans because Mark Zuckerberg's money came in. It's a really remarkable story. I want to pivot for a second to that Wisconsin Election Commission. Uh, now the courts have ruled multiple times that it violated the law. It made election rule changes that were not lawful. They were, they were the, the decision of the legislature to do if it were to be. So the drop boxes weren't legal. Uh, the staying at home and voting because you're afraid of COVID may not have been legal. Uh, the legislature, what is the mood of the legislature? Can reform be passed to change these things and to rein in or get rid of the Wisconsin Election Commission? You know, we always believe that elections were going to be transparent and fair regardless of if you were a Democrat or Republican. But unfortunately, we have a Democrat governor and he has shut down a lot of the legislation that we have put forth to him. If it's shutting down private money into elections or the ability to make sure the special voting deputies were part of elections for folks who were in senior centers. Um, yes, I think that most of our legislator members are very frustrated because at this point, there is no downside to cheating in Wisconsin when you have a governor that's shutting down a lot of the things that we've thought in the past as Republicans and Democrats that would make a fair and a transparent election. Representative, after the election, when a lot of us were suspicious of fraud and, and any lack of, of integrity in our elections, uh, I was on the bullhorn telling people to call their state representatives and demand action, demand a very close eye on the elections and what happened in 2020. And I would like to think that constituents heeded that from me and, and a lot of my other colleagues who said the same thing. Did you and your colleagues experience that with, with Wisconsin voters, them you know, ringing you off the hook about it? Oh, we have been, uh, I mean, the calls and the emails don't stop, especially as we have gotten more information. But I have to say, Wisconsinites have really stepped up. They are making sure that they're in the polls because that is the difference of 2020 for Wisconsin. COVID kept a lot of our original poll workers home. And I hate to say in a lot of these Democrat areas, they were pretty much Democrat run uh, facilities for the polls. So this time we have a lot of Republicans coming out. We have record numbers of Republican poll workers. And, you know, that is going to make the difference, right? We want to make sure it's not just about the representatives or the governors, but if we are not at the polls, I can guarantee you that we will not have fair elections. Yeah, that's one of the lessons we learned in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin. He got an army out to the polls and the election went off Guys pretty well. Guys did it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a great it's job. Amazing. People power. It's amazing. It works. Uh, I went to pivot. We got about a minute and a half left. Um, this issue of harvesting, it's at the heart of those nursing home allegations. People went in, grabbed ballots and voted for people who might have not had the competency to vote. We hear of an investigation in Georgia. Uh, Brad Raffsenberger came on here, confirmed that might be prosecutions forthcoming there. How do we put an end to making sure that people, third parties aren't collecting ballots and voting for other people? 
That is one of the things that the Wisconsin Election Commission is supposed to remove people who have been declared incompetent. They are not doing that right now on our voter list. I think we are probably not the only state with that issue. And it's something that if uh, we have legal aliens that are not being removed from the list, as well as people who have been declared incompetent, again, another thing as us as citizens and also as legislators, that we need to make sure that our voting rolls are clean. Representative, um, if, if people have information, if, if they're a family member of someone in a nursing home or, or someone who maybe witnessed election fraud, does it behoove them at all? Is there any advantage to still coming forward to your committee and, and voicing concerns about this? We certainly take all complaints very seriously. And actually in the state of Wisconsin, you can look up and see if your loved one did vote, even if, believe it or not, they're dead uh, on the on the my vote system for the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, important stuff. And we've seen a lot of work that your committee itself has done and certainly Justice Gableman. And we've learned a lot. And I think the whole country is getting informed through the eyes of Wisconsin. Uh, we're really grateful for that. Representative, great to have you on the show. And we look forward to seeing what work lies ahead. We appreciate that. And we're continuing to having fair elections in Wisconsin. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Have a great day. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews from my favorite show, Just the News, Not Noise, after this commercial break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back, everybody. We always kind of try to keep our finger on the pulse of the youngest generation. After all, they will be inheriting our country in the next couple decades or so. So someone who might be an authority on that would be political science professor Nicholas Giordano. He also hosts the PAS podcast. Professor, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Okay, so in the interest of, what is it, Gen Z and even younger, I don't even know what that generation is, the generation that's elementary school, middle school, but especially your college students, you know, for people who aren't in the academia circles and they don't have day-to-day conversations with these kids, for a lot of us it seems like they have gone way off the deep end, off the left end. They're these social justice warriors that are constantly screeching in the streets about every social justice warrior 
every virtue signaling issue there could possibly be, but I know that you have classrooms of these people on a daily basis. Is that accurate? No, it's actually not really accurate because what I find is that the students are pretty evenly split. And over the last two years, I've seen the mindset, uh, mindset of the student body actually change significantly. So it used to be where the students, yes, some of them did lean left. Well, then they went through the Zoom session of learning through Zoom. They lost two years of their lives. You had politicians that determined that they couldn't live out major milestones. And a bitterness and resentment has grown amongst the student population against the politicians and those that instituted a lot of the lockdowns and the decrees. And then you factor in gas prices. I was having a conversation with my students on gas prices, and they were like, well, you may have to go back to Zoom. I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford the gas to get to the campus. Wow. <laughs> yeah, listen, it, it's amazing when you have something to conserve, uh, how it affects your philosophies. Uh, Professor, I want to talk a little bit about African-Americans. We see most in the media are people still talking about the civil rights movement, the need to extend that forward. But as I've been interviewing a lot of younger African-Americans, there seems to be a generational split. And younger African-Americans are much more worried about economic mobility and the um, you know, entrepreneurialism. They want to be the next great entrepreneur, the next great millionaire, a lot less worried about the issues that their grandparents may have focused on. Are you seeing that in your research and your data in your interactions with young students today? Absolutely. When you look at the minority community, particularly African-Americans, there's this big generational shift. So the older African-Americans are part of the Democrat machine, the party bosses that exist. But the younger African-Americans, they don't have a loyalty to the Democrat Party that people think. And they're open to different ideas. They're open to moving up in society. They understand that Democrats have controlled a lot of the urban areas where you have a large minority population for decades, and those communities haven't changed. In fact, they've gotten worse. And it has opened some eyes. And we saw in the last election that President Trump was able to increase the amount of support he was getting from the black population, particularly when it comes to things like the criminal justice reform that he did. Right. So the African-American community is up for grabs. It, it's a lot more independent, the youth generation, than it is compared to the older generation of African-Americans. Professor, I hear a lot of people from other countries talk about how America, you know, it, it, it's lacking in its own unique culture. And my retort is always, well, check out our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, look at our founding documents, and you will find a very unique American culture. But my concern is that our youngest generation, the ones in college right now, they're not educated on American history. They don't know the foundations of freedom and the founding values that this country was built upon. Is that, is, is that the case? Should I worry? You should. You should be very worried because I give my students the citizenship exam on the first day of classes every semester and almost every single one of them actually fail it. And then I give them the Russian Constitution and I replace Russian Federation with the United States and make them read it and they can't identify that they're not reading the United States Constitution. If you actually look at the Russian Constitution, it starts off by we the multinational people where our constitution starts off with we the people because we understood e pluribus unum, from many comes one. Unfortunately, the students are not getting the education in American government and politics that they need. And when they don't know what American government is all about, what the founding fathers were trying to do, they can't appreciate things like the core political philosophies of liberty and freedom. They can't appreciate the core philosophies of questioning government, being skeptical of government policies, 
more importantly, to push back against government, that we don't want a government that's too overbearing, that's too powerful. It's something that the founding fathers warned us about, but they were never educated on that. So I have to go back to the basics and give them those lessons. That's amazing to think about. I, I want to extend this civic literacy uh, discussion just a little further because I, I see this a lot. Um, <clears throat> I talk to a lot of world leaders, ambassadors that are here in the United States, but they represent their countries. They're like, there is one thing that mystifies us. Why are your higher learning institutions turning out young Americans who are trained to hate their country, to despise or to chagrin their country? Is that really what's going on here? Have, has there been a generation of educators who have tried to turn or unintentionally turn young people against their country? Well, we've seen a shift in professors. So when I went to college, I had some communist professors, but they were open to having the student body participate. They were open to the discussions. They were open to the dialogue. It's because they understood the worth of education. They also understood that education is about teaching people how to think rather than what to think. And then we saw a general a generational shift when it came to the faculty where a lot of them were younger, they were of a more ideological mindset, pushing the idea that students have to adopt every little thing I say, and as a professor, I can't be challenged. Now that totally goes against education and what education is all about. I encourage my students to challenge me. I encourage my students to think for themselves and to retool their arguments to make sure that they could back it up with evidence. And that's why I'm successful in the classroom. Unfortunately, the academia has revealed itself for what it is. And it used to be that indoctrination took place on the college level, but I feel that many uh, in the teaching profession have now drifted down to the K through 12 institutions, that it's too late when they get to college to fully indoctrinate them. So let's teach them what to think from a very early age. And that's why we're seeing this mass push towards critical race theory, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, you're seeing a lot of these uh, trans lessons and the trans books being pushed amongst first, second, and third graders who really can't understand these types of issues. And it's designed, you know, critical race theory is theory. It's just that. Theory is supposed to be taught at the college level, yet they're trying to teach kids as if they could understand theory. It's really bizarre, but also it's frightening because the less you know about American government and the more you can indoctrinate the student body while they're young, well, the easier it is to change the United States. The, the yeah. more open people will be to give up some of their liberties, to say that the system's unjust, to give more power to the government. Yeah. And that's what we're witnessing today. Yeah, it's, it's so destructive. But I have faith in people like you instilling the right values and the critical thought in our youngest generation. So bravo to you, Professor Nicholas Giordano. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And stay with us. We've got a lot more to talk about. Next segment coming up after the commercial break. All right, America, that wraps up a Sunday edition of Just the News. So grateful you can join us. Hey, it's Sunday. If you didn't get a good night's sleep last night and you lost an hour of sleep because we had to set our clocks ahead, right? I've got a solution for you. My good friends at Casper make some of the most innovative mattresses in the world mattresses that can restore the power of your sleep so if you're a tosser a turner a sweater in bed you just wake up tired because you're not getting that sleep these guys have everything including my favorite one get a load of this name the casper wave snow mattress you know what it does it provides you support where you need it with 86 gel pods but here's the cool thing it also comes with snow technology get a load of this 
for 12 plus hours. It can keep you cooler while you sleep. So if you're overly warm at night, you sweat, you're uncomfortable, you feel tightened up from the heat, Casper has the coolest, and I do mean that, coolest mattress you can have. And right now they have a very special offer for those of us who are Just the News fans, John Solomon Report listeners, Just the News TV watchers. All you got to do is go to Casper.com, C-A-S-P-E-R.com right now. Use the promo code NEWS100, NEWS100, and you're going to get $100 off select mattresses. That is a steal, brother. Get the, These are the best mattresses. They are the most scientifically advanced mattresses I've ever seen. They keep you cool. They better support you. They solve your many sleeping problems. And all you got to do is go to Casper.com right now. Use the special code NEWS100. News 100 to get 100 bucks off whatever mattress you want. That's a deal. Go check it out. It's well worth it. All right, folks, now that you're going to be sleeping better, have a great rest of the weekend. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition, the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. God bless and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.